We have to start drafting again. Yeah, I know. We got to get back into the uh, idea of uh, uh, implementing the stepdad's rule again. The, the stepdad's rule. I need to remember the stepdad's rule. The stepdad rule was two trades. Oh, that's right. Two trades. Yes. I forgot, I forgot about the trades. And then there's oh. uh, the Adam Van Round. Yeah. <laughs> the wild card. The, the, the wild card of a man. He is a wild card of a man. And um and then the Jason Dioxino rule of the uh uh unrestricted free agents. But that's uh we're we're jumping the gun cuz uh we're back here it's the the second episode of uh season 2 of the A show with our brand new theme. And uh it sounds oh so sweet. It, it debuted uh the last show uh, on the finals, but uh I think it only just got done like right before the finals got done, so we couldn't like do that pre uh, talk of like, oh, what a great theme this is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so thank you to David Kincannon, the Jingle Meister himself, who does many themes uh, for our friends over at the Soon to Be Named Network. Uh, shows like Final Wrestling Place and At Odds with Wrestling. He does some of the themes there, and We Need Wrestling. He does uh, the Dooja's Rant or something. I forget what that segment's called. He doesn't do it all the time. I listened to him the other day on Wings on Wings, and they were not happy with that episode of Wings. <laughs> I can't imagine why. Maybe because it's Wings. Uh, uh, it was it was a very uh, uh, of the times, early 90s kind of show. Lot, lots of isms being broken. And speaking of the Sudanese name network, we do have to congratulate Joe Sposto for winning the Season 1 Tournament of Champions. Yes! Joe versus George, what a what a wonderful finals that was. And uh congratulations to both guys, but uh a more forward congratulations to Joe Sposto as our season one winner. Yes. And we did the reverse AEW draft. It was as wacky as you'd expect. Oh man, we're definitely gonna do that for somebody something else sometime, because that was so damn fun. And I think, like you said on the episode, it should be the finals every time. And we already have one qualifier for the season two tournament of champions being Irish Kev Spencer. Yeah, the coach is, uh, he's, he's going to be making it into the next round. So I'm, uh, he's making it through the 16, baby. <laughs> and he may be joined by our guest tonight. Coming to us from wherever boars live, it is the boar. Hey, that's me. That's you. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome. Um, we are very excited to have booked the boar. Oh, <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's a, a jump in inbox these days. So I'm glad uh, I'm glad the email got through. Glad the message got through. And I'd just like to say that uh, going back to the the new theme song, 
I like to think of it as the uh, WF Winged Eagle title in 1988, where they debut it on Saturday Night's Main Event, and then they pretend it never saw the light of day at <laughs> WrestleMania 4. <laughs> it's a brand new title. I had so no idea that's the that new they debuted Saturday Night's Main Event. I thought, I thought it did make its debut at WrestleMania 4, so I was uninformed. You know, where they do the angle where um, Andre... I think Andre, Andre and the Crooked Referee and the Plastic Surgery and all that, that's with the Winged Eagle. In fact, during NXT TakeOver last week, they showed a clip of DiBiase with the Winged Eagle belt from his 90 seconds as champion. I, didn't I see somewhere online that there was like a movement to get his name be put in the record books as a champion? <laughs> oh, that, that's great. <laughs> like, it was like one of those, uh, not GoFundMe, um, one of those, one of the... The, the Oh, the, like change.org? Change.org, yes. Fund <laughs> is totally different. It's like, let's fund uh, our way into getting the million-dollar man into Canada as a champion. Shouldn't he be able to, like, buy his way into the record books by now? Like, I think... I, think there's I mean, no that's essentially what he tried to do. <laughs> Jack Tunney had none of this. No, only, he's only taking favors. He's not taking uh, money. Well, hopefully, um, the pride of Hagerstown, Maryland, L.A. Knight can, ah! can, can continue to uphold his legacy. Oh, man. So, Boar, take a moment and introduce yourself to our listeners. Uh, hey, uh, cool. I am uh, Pig Daddy Cool, the Boar. You can find me at Boar's War on Twitter. And uh, if you happen to have any connections to any wrestling promotions or even podcast appearances, you can hit me up at bookthebore at gmail.com. Uh, I am a professional wrestler, or professional wrestler, as I like to say, nearly seven feet tall and weighing in at nearly 300 pounds, uh, a true Haas in a generation where everybody wants to be a Haas, but no one wants to lift heavy weights or eat big meals to become a Haas. Um, I am, I wouldn't say last of a dying breed. I think Eddie Kingston has a trademark on that, but, uh, <laughs> there are, <laughs> there are fewer and fewer of us, uh, as the years go on and as the wrestlers become smaller and smaller. So, uh, I am all about some old school professional wrestling and, uh, our draft pool today, uh, touches near and dear to my heart. 1994 WCW, as we were talking before the air, uh, 1994 WCW was my first live show, Slamboree 1994. So, uh, this, yeah, it's a, it's a great event and this whole year holds a special place in my heart. Um, so I'm looking forward to taking the best available and putting a card together and, uh, seeing, uh, who wins the fan vote. Uh, I, I want to do a quick version of a press conference here, Matt. So as, as your first event, Slamboree 94, the greatest pay-per-view of all time. Uh, how, how is it getting into the Philadelphia Civic Center as a bore, uh, to, to witness this? Cause I'm sure, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was a little difficult being that you're, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, not a human. Right. Well, I had to go incognito to be let into the, to the event. So I was actually like wearing, I was wearing some, uh, sting face paint that night. I was dressed up like a little stinger and that's how I was able to, uh, sneak into the, sneak into the venue. Unnoticed. In Philadelphia, they're none the wiser. It's okay. Right. And as Bohr stated, 1994 WCW is his choice for our draft here tonight. And here's how it goes. Bohr is going to draft first as the guest. And then 
either Decker and I, Decker or I will be second or third, and then whoever is not second will be third. We will all take turns until we have drafted what we believe to be a full card. We'll take a break. You'll listen to some ads from some other podcasts, and then we'll come back and we will announce our cards to you. Round seven is the Adam Van round because it's the wild card. <laughs> that's a perfect way to put it. Like, like now that's the that's how we need to introduce it. It'd be like, like uh, just an Adam Van drop of being like, uh, and the lights go out. Round number seven, you know. <laughs> For instance, you could draft the whole Nexus and not use them, or you can draft the whole <laughs> group of Fortune and not use them. <laughs> that one kind of got away on them. Uh, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> oh, it's like that kid uh, recently who was uh, ordering at Sheets and thought he was grown. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. I did, yeah. Okay, um, that's a, that's what it reminded me of. Love you. Love you, Vansky. <laughs> that, was, that was the probably tied for the best fever dream with him <laughs> and uh, A.J. Evers um, having Nicole Bass chokeslam Terry Funk off the Eagle's Nest. Oh, that was good. I... <laughs> <sighs> I'm uh I'm am I'm getting very frustrated with this uh um, this Also, thing. we have discussed the stepdad's rule which yes. is going to be two trades after the end of the show after the end of the draft and then the Jason Diagostino rule which is the unrestricted free agents that you can just draft at will at the end of the draft. So, four Please pick a number between 1 and 10 to think of, and then Chris and I will try to get closer to that number to see who has the second draft pick. All right. I've got the number in my head, so go ahead. One. Seven. The number was three. Yeah! All right. Very cool. All right. Pick that cool. <laughs> With all that said, Boar, you're up. You have the first draft pick. Oh, also, if you draft someone with a title, you can draft someone with a title. And that title is then property of your show. You can draft a title as vacant if it were vacant during that calendar year, and that uses a draft pick. And then yes. you can draft people together, singles, tag teams, six man, however you draft people. But if you draft them together, you have to use them together. All right. So now, Boar, with all of that extra stuff out of the way, you are up. With my first pick, I would like to select the WCW International Champion, Ravishing Rick Rude. Oh, not a waste. Ravishing Rick Rude as the International Champion. Uh, as my So, as it was discussed, uh, Slambury 94 is my favorite uh, show. I'm going to um, I'm going to try to do the same kind of card, at least a little different. Like, but I want to keep a lot of the same characters, except for the guys that are taken out. So, for my first pick, I'm taking the tag team champions of Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan. Ah, uh, Cactus and Sullivan tag champs. Yes. Okay. So, with my first draft pick. I am going to take, with the WCW heavyweight title, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Damn. And back to the war. All right. Um, 
with my next selection, I'm going to take. Oh, um, I'm gonna go ahead and take the redacted one himself, Hulk Hogan. Oh, all right. For oh. my next, for my next pick, I am picking as your WCW Television Champion, uh, the Living Legend Larry Zbysko. Larry Bruno's yard. <laughs> he, went, he went to Regal and he said, You're not good enough! And then he gave him the, the fuck you, you know, like the, except it was yes. the, uh, uh, how do you explain the fuck you, this fuck you? It's the one where you hit your elbow in the middle and then yes. suddenly your, your, the, your other, uh, forearm goes up. He's like, fuck you! Yeah, and like the, the up yours one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. For my second pick, I'm going to take Managed by the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, The Natural, Dustin Rhodes. All right, all right. So we return to the boar. Oh, all right. Um, For my next selection, I will take, as a tag team, I'm going to take Stunning Steve Austin, Flying Brian Pillman. Oh, man, that's a good one. Okay, for my next pick, I'm picking, with his manager, Colonel Robert Parker, I'm picking Bunkhouse Buck. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's how much of a, a, you know, a core part of WCW was back then was the stud stable. Oh, man. I'm not going to lie. That hurts my show a lot. I'm going to have to do a lot of booking on the fly. <laughs> that, that one hurt. And... I have a feeling uh, to follow up even further and bust things up a little bit more for you, Boar, I am taking Terry Funk. All right. Oh. <laughs> Man. Um, wow. Road Dog worked the dark match on Slambury 9040, you know that? Against Pretty Fucking Wonderful. <laughs> I remember Pretty Wonderful. I don't remember uh, BG James. It was, it was just like Brad Armstrong and Brian yeah. Armstrong. Okay. Well, I got a book on the fly. It's the name uh, of the game here. It is. Uh, for my next selection, I'm going to go ahead and take... I'm going to take the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, good pick. That's awesome. That's a very good pick. He was late in the year, right? Yeah, Slambury. Yeah. Um, Starcade. <laughs> we we create one podcast for one episode. It's just the slambery dedication. <laughs> like remember Hardboiled Haggerty? <laughs> All right, I'm up. Okay. Yes, you are. For my next pick, I'm taking Vader with Harley Race. All right. Kabuki. And with my next pick, I'm taking with the US title, Ricky Steamboat. Good, good. In my canon, I can't have Ricky Steamboat uh, be anywhere because he retired in 1990 at uh, West Point. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the boar. All right. For my next pick, I'm going to go ahead and take the Harlem Heat with Sister Sherry. Oh, man, good pick. At this time, were they um, Booker T, Stevie Ray, or were they still Kane and Cole? They make the switch in 94. Okay. Can't call it awful names. Correct. But I do <laughs> call them heat action figures. They were labeled as can't call. 
Ooh, that's good. I have to go back and think about that because I have them. I don't remember the box. My uh, my 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 Booker T figure is still in great shape, uh, even though it gets used by my kids. Uh, my next pick is going to be uh, Lord Steven Regal with um, oh god uh, with Bill Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> And I was literally about to Google. I was typing in Blue Bloods WCW into my Google machine as you were saying that to see if the Eaton and Regal tag team was in 94. I think Bill Dundee was Jeeves. No, he was Sir William. Sir Jeeves, William. Jeeves was just a guy. Just uh, a dude. <laughs> I am going to take, surprise he's still out there. Sting. Sting was my next one. Damn it. The franchise. He's the franchise. He just doesn't fit into my show. Well, who does fit into your show? Who do you got next? Next selection, I'm going to go ahead and take the Great Muda. Oh, damn. That was good. All right. We're around number six. This is six. Six. Okay. All right. So Sting, Vader, Taken. I'm not taking that. That taken, that taken. That's that. I'm taking the Nasty Boys. Shocking. The Nasty Boys had a great theme in the and in, in that mid uh that mid WCW nineties. It was like like from Allentown. And Brian Austin fat as fuck. Pity City was over. <laughs> that was good. Uh, I'm taking Too Cold. Oh, man. That brings us to the wild card. Got a man round. Hmm. Um, man, I'm, my wild card really got messed up with, uh... <laughs> man, I'm, uh... Funk House Buck? No, I'm still gonna... I'm going to go for it. Um, my wild card pick, I'm going to go ahead and take Razor Ramon with uh, the WWF Intercontinental title. Okay. All right. Well, I have one more guy here that I'm going to use from the the infamous Slambury 94 card as my wild card pick. I'm going with Tully Blanchard. Good pick. All right. And I am going to take... Huh. Who am I going to take? Because I just remember that there was an Adam Van Round like when we started recording. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you haven't done the, the PWI prep like normal. No, I haven't. So we are just going to play it safe. I'm going to take Owen Hart. Oh, damn. Those are all much better picks than Tully Blanchard. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tully could still move in 94. I watched oh, that yeah. match. That match with Terry Funk was fucking insane. It was awesome. All right. Uh, Go ahead, I'm upright. Yeah, you yeah. are. All right, uh, I will go ahead and take, I don't believe his name has been called yet. I will go ahead and take on Anderson. Oh. He's, he's still on the board. Okay, for my next pick outside of uh, May of 1984, I'm picking the tag team of, oh, God, how do they say his fucking name? I, I just saw it, I was like, I'm taking those guys. But Tex Slazinger and Shanghai Pierce. Oh. Nice. 
As soon as you said, how do you say his name? I knew who you were taking. <laughs> <laughs> Slash. It was much easier as Phineas. <laughs> I'm taking, uh, I'm taking the Godwins, okay? They're just the fucking Godwins. <laughs> <laughs> um, with my next pick, I am taking Ming. Just Ming. Oh, this is Sunglasses Ming. That's a good Ming. That is good. Ah, uh, man. Uh, man, I should have picked Ming. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and take Johnny B. Bad. Shit. He's a man called Ming. He's a man called Ming. I'm taking uh, Evad Sullivan. Can't wait to see what you do with him. I got both Sullivans. Just you wait. <laughs> and I wrote Evad Sullivans. Like, there's multiple. I am going to take, with my next draft pick, that I am stalling for because my next pick was going to be Johnny B. Bad. <laughs> I am going to take Eric Watts. Uh, I will bet a parlay bet with you, Matt, Matt that I do better with Evat Sullivan than you do there. <laughs> um, listen, I'm not saying that you're I'm, right, I'm you but you're right. S'mores uh, while camping. <laughs> that Evat Sullivan usage is better than Eric Watts. <laughs> Back to the boar. All right. Uh, I'm going to trust... Man, see, I had a whole, uh, I had a whole, like, a draft ranking, right? And it got, it got messed up with some of the picks that went a little bit earlier than I thought on the big board. But I'm gonna trust my big board. Not sure what I'm gonna do with him yet, but I'm gonna go ahead and take Big Barry Windham. Oh, he was big boy then. (laughs) (laughs) He's stalker big. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was big then. That, that could be a sleeper pick. I'm taking the Guardian Angel. I am taking the Cole twins. What? Cole? Fuck are they? Keith and Kent Cole. Fuck are they? Junior Stings. <laughs> the Cole twins? Like yeah. Adam and Michael? Yeah. <laughs> Adam Cole at seven years old. <laughs> you're, you're, you missed the part where I said Michael. Yeah, I did that on purpose. Uh, oh, Paula Cole and like Dave Cole. Yeah, Paula Cole. Paula where Cole. All the Cowboys have been split up in this draft. That's where they've all gone. <laughs> Man, that was such a good song. <laughs> all right, boy, you're up. <laughs> all right. Looking at the big board. Let's see what we got left. Um... Gonna go ahead and draft the Honky Tonk Man. Oh, wow. I'm trying to remember what Honky was doing back then. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't doing any jobs. <laughs> Not that guy. Oh! But my next pick, I'm picking the Avalanche. Mm. Oh, that was a hell of a... I believe Starcade's uh, main event was like the Butcher, who is Beefcake, and the Avalanche, who is Earthquake, and the Taskmaster, and which was Kevin Sullivan. And that was like, take it down, Hulkamania, brother. They were the Faces of Fear, weren't they? No. Maybe the Three Faces of Fear? Maybe the Three Faces of Fear. That sounds right. 
not a member of the Three Faces of Fear. I'm taking Ron Simmons. No! Oh! Man, I saw him before. I was like, make sure I, you remember him. And I forgot. I'm like an idiot. To the boar. All right. Uh, am I allowed to take commentators? Yes. All right. Uh, then I'm going to go ahead and snatch up Tony Schiavone and Jesse the Body. <sighs> they were great. I, I like where you're headed because my thought process was also to do commentary this round. Oh, let, let me see how many guys I got. Let's see. Uh, I need a few more guys. I can't. I can't be doing commentary right now. Uh, plus, my commentary team's like I, I once had Jack Victory be a commentator. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? It was yeah. It was Dick Victory. It was Dick Slater and Jack Victory. Uh, hustle, 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 hustle. I'm going to pick. Not jumping Joey Mags. Uh, I am going to pick Down to Dallas Page. Ooh, good one, good one. For my commentary team, I am going to take Gordon Soley and Bobby Heenan. Uh, uh, fuck. <laughs> now we do have nobody. I will take Eric Bischoff. Okay. Oh, there you go. Uh, you know what? I'll do my commentary team. I'm going to do it of... Uh, uh, Chris Cruz and uh, Mike Tanay? They did do Worlds Collide. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Woo! There we go. You know, I, I know, like, I know that Chris Cruz now is like kind of like, he's like a piece of shit, right? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's in the bad place. Yeah. <laughs> so I will take Pretty Wonderful. Oh, man. You have fun got, with that. I got sniped. If it's any conclusion... I also hate Power and Glory, too. Oh, man, that's a special kind of hate. That Oh, hate Power and Glory. Like Hercules, hate Power and Glory. Mm. Couldn't be me. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, look, just looking at my card. Going to go go ahead and take, as a group, I'm going to go ahead and take the Armstrong family. Oh, very good. All four of them. Brad, Steve, Ryan, and Scott? That is correct. Oh, man, I forget. Scott is the forgotten one, I feel. Because uh, Brian is... Uh, no, no, well, Brian, obviously, is fucking... Yeah. Uh, but what's his nuts is uh, still a, a ref. That's Scott. Yeah. Oh, that is Scott? Then I'm yeah. thinking of Steve. Is, what the fuck? Where's, where's Steve Armstrong? Maybe cashing that turn of money. I got no idea. Steve Armstrong was one of the Southern boys. Yes. Oh. Okay. Oh, right. Yes. With uh, Trish Smothers. That's right. Okay, my turn. Okay, I'm gonna take Terror Rising. Okay. And I'm going to take Alex Wright. Oh, I don't know if there's anybody left. <laughs> there are uh, plenty of wrestlers left if you if you believe deep in your heart. Sure are. I don't think <laughs> I don't... they've been. Taken yet? I'm gonna get, go ahead and take Bagwell and the Patriot. Oh, here we go, baby! All right, I'm taking Max Payne. There we go. That's a that's a good pull. There we go. And let's see who's left. <laughs> um, ugh. fuck, the Z Man's still left. Yeah, the Z Man, the Shockmaster, um, the bro- the. The blacktop bully is still here. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, oh, I got I got one more if I'm uh, if I get a chance. Let me just consult the other big board here. 
Let me look at my list quick. So I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Whoa, we got some. Ten, eleven, twelve, twelve. Oh, my card is not huge. Um, let's still pick one more dude here. And that is going to be beautiful Bobby Eaton. Nice. Respect. Board, do you have anything left? Sure do. He is a sentimental favorite. His name was said earlier. I'm going to go ahead and need the Z-Man, Tom Zank. Oh, thank God. I'm going with fucking Ice Train. Oh, that's great. That is a Ice- solid pick. Ice Train, man... Like, why that guy hasn't been booked for, like, a Joey Janela pay-per-view, I don't know. Like, if Ice Train came face, at, sir, Oh. He was supposed to face, I think, uh, AJ Gray, I think, last. I think that oh. got canceled by the pandemic. Yes, yes, yes. I remember seeing that. So, with my ne- next pick, I am going to take, as a tag team... Ugh, now I said it, I have to make it a thing. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. I am going to take the team of Jim Duggan. <laughs> and Hiroshi Hasi. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, wonderful. <laughs> You're up for I'm not going to officially say it's my last pick. Could be my last pick, though. I'm going to need the WCW commissioner, Nick Bockwinkle. Oh, that was good. God damn, that was good. All right, in the light of uh, of how Matt picked, I'm going to take my random tag team of Terry Taylor and someone else. Uh <laughs> Player to be named later. Uh, hold on. Uh, Terry Taylor and. God damn it. Terry Taylor and Jumpin' Joey Mags. The team I almost put together was nearly Jim Duggan and Joey Mags. <laughs> and then you said uh, Hiroshi Hase, and I was like, okay, I'm on board. With my final pick, I am going to take the Blacktop Bully. Good pick, good pick. And then I'm done. Uh, I am done as well. Well, I need somebody to take on uh, those two gentlemen. So my final pick is going to be the tag team of Brutus the Barber Beefcake and another <laughs> guy named later. Uh, hold on, hold on. Oh, man. So, Terrorizing is on here, and John Paul Levesque is also on here. Oh, okay. Uh, the the tag team of Brutus Beefcake and Dirty Dick Slater. <laughs> you know, like like um, Wrestling Nature intended. Yeah. <laughs> so now, we open it up to trades. I'm not going to try to wade through these lists to um. No, see, this should be tough. To see who wasn't booked. So, let's open it up to trades. Hey, man, what do you want for Hiroshi <laughs> I got Joey Nags sitting, waiting in the wing. Um, 
So here's who I have. Okay. And, and let me know if you want something. I have Flair with the world title. I have Dustin with Dusty. I have Terry Funk. I have Steamboat with the U.S. title. Sting, Two Cold Scorpio, Owen Hart, Ming, Eric Watts, the Cole Twins, <laughs> Ron Simmons, commentary of Gordon Soley and Bobby Heenan, Pretty Wonderful, Alex Wright, Bobby Eaton, the team of Jim Duggan and Hiroshi Hase, <laughs> and the Blacktop Bully. Damn. Those are all pretty good. You know what? I think for once, I am actually okay. I'm going to see what I can make with this card. Well, I was wondering if you have any interest in uh, possibly trading for Colonel Parker. Oh, it's Funkhouse Buck. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm. All right. R- 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 let's see. Uh, what is your initial trade offer? I've got the Great Muda. For Funkhouse Buck. That's a pretty serious offer there. I've got the great yeah. Muda. I'm gonna take it. Muda right. Muda for Bunkhouse Buck. Just right. just like that. With with uh Ron Fuller. With with the Colonel. Alright. Great Muda. Boom, oh. baby. That's a oh man. Wow. Uh uh God. Now, now I feel like I Muda has a has a big uh weight. I was like, damn, can I I was like, there's nobody really other than maybe Ron Simmons that Matt has that I was like, damn it, I missed, you know. Um, okay, how about this? I'm going to put this guy up on the trading block. Does anybody want to trade for Diamond Dallas Page? No. Or do you got any room for DDP anywhere? Um, I could throw in Terrorizing with a, a, as a, a, a supplemental. Oh, that's okay. You can you can hold that. You can hold on that one. <laughs> um, let me see if um, I think I think my card is set. Yeah, I think mine's set too. Okay. Um, does anyone want to take any of the unrestricted free agents? I don't think there's any, Matt. I I have one. Okay. From the lore of WCW Pro, a fame of. Famous uh, member of the WCW Deep Cuts roster. I'm going to go ahead and sign the Gambler. Oh, to a go con- ahead. To a Take contract. Him. Take him. <laughs> the Gambler always finds his way. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, yeah, there's nobody on here that I'm interested in. That the, like, the guys that aren't getting booked for this show are not very... Uh, it's like the boss... Who did get as the Guardian Angel? Oh, God, that's right. He oh, my God, that's right. I forgot that very ill-fated version of Big Boss Man. <laughs> um, fuck. Yeah, so not even that. Uh, You know, the Coles got taken. Thunder and Lightning, they're still out there. <laughs> yeah, that's like it, dude. <laughs> like, Mark Starr. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think we're done. I think that's, that's all the guys. All right, so what we will do now is we will take a break and put our cards together. We'll be right back here on The A-Show on CKCC Radio. 
It's the most successful independent wrestling promotion of this generation. It's the place where the stars of today made their name. Now get the inside story of Ring of Honor from those that lived it with an honorable mention. Join Ring of Honor alumni Shane Hagedorn and his co-host Jeff Schwartz as they break down a classic Ring of Honor event every Tuesday and get the behind-the-scenes scoop and inside stories that you won't hear anywhere else. An honorable mention, available every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platforms. For exclusive bonus content, plus early ad-free access to every show, check out patreon.com slash anhonorablepod. Greetings, folks. Do you like beer? Do you know who I am? Maybe not? My name's Kev, also known as Irish Kev. And then my dear friend Rick and myself actually really were supposed to have a cool promo for our beer review podcast known as the Hooligans of Hops, where Rick and myself take you through a drunken journey of all of the beers that we try on a scale point twenty five to five being the best. We talk about the best and worst beers we've had on the show. In between, you hear sports banter, some wrestling, and I don't know anything that happens when we get drunk. So check out our show on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, Buzzsprout, and anywhere you can get your podcast sources. We'll try not to get drunk next time and do something for you. But here's the promo. Thanks. Hi, this is Anthony from the IWEP Network. We're a collection of weekly podcasts that vary in all different types of topics. We can be found on all social media, as well as any podcast or music app that you may use, as well as YouTube. We go live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch every Friday and Sunday. Here's a lineup of our five shows that you may be interested in. Interviews with Everyday People. Interviews and conversations on a positive note and just getting to know each other. Everyone has a story. Bangin' Beers podcast, beer reviews, hanging out with some friends, and much more. Truth behind illusion. Are you into ghosts, monsters, conspiracy theories, and more? Then this show will be for you. Tornado Tag Podcast. Pro wrestling stories, news, and show reviews. We love supporting indie wrestling, so come check us out. Not Cool in High School Podcast. A pop culture show where we cover movies, television, comic books, and video games. A weekly topic. So come hang out with us. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on all social media, and we'll see you soon. I'm Jason. And I'm David. And we're the hosts of the Non North Sports Podcast. We're the home of sports talk for everyone. Join us bi-weekly as we talk about the happenings in sports. You can find the non Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. Welcome back to the A-Show here on CKCC Radio. Matt and Chris and the Boar hanging out with you here on a Monday morning. Thank you for tuning in as we keep Season 2 rolling along. And we've had some time to put together our 1994 WCW cards. However, before we get to that, there is another show that I host on this network called By the Numbers. And Boar, I have only ever worked one match with you so far in our professional wrestling history together. So right now, let's have a quick episode, a mini episode of By the Numbers, talking to the Boar. Let's rock. Let's go! All right, so we are going back to July of 2019. Uh, July 19th, 2019 to be exact, we are at the Sokols in Bethlehem on the hottest day in the history of the Sokols. Uh, <laughs> it is LVAC, let's hang out, and it is match 1087 in my book. It is the team of Borderrun, 
uh, you and Dan Champion taking on Puff and Veda Scott. Also, Lucas Calhoun and Kevin Blackwood and Tara Calloway and Jeff Cannibal in a four-way tag. What do you remember about this match? I remember thinking that it was going to be a lot of fun, a lot of personalities involved. I was excited to team with Big Dan Champ, of course, and also get to work um, work with uh, Lucas Calhoun. And I remember from, like, during the match, I believe I hit uh, the big dog dive, trademark, and I landed, like, this is just one of those dumb wrestling things. When I landed, uh, my jaw landed on top of, I believe it was Lucas Calhoun's, like, head, and, you know, I'm not, you know... Peek behind the curtain. Like, a lot of people are like, ooh, catch your dives, right? I'm like, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever happens, happens. We're all grown adults. Let's just make it look good. You know? Like, I don't want it to look like, oh, everybody called him. He's fine. No. Like, I want to go through the pile. Um, That's my goal. Um, so, I'm coming in hot. And everybody does a good job of making sure I don't die. But I do hit my head, just a freak accident, on top of Lucas Calhoun's head. And my jaw just made uh, one big pop sound and then a lot of pain immediately. And usually in the ring, the pain, like, you don't feel it until later in the night. This was, like, immediate. And I was like, oh, I can't open my mouth. Oh. And I was like... Did I break my jaw? Did I dislocate it? I haven't really been injured too badly in a match. Is this it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember trying to tell Dan Champion, like, my teeth are grinding together while I'm trying to talk. I'm, I'm telling Dan, like, I think, I think I broke my jaw. I think I broke my jaw. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> think you could hear me at all. Um, so that's what I really remember about that match. And let's add the element of danger here that there are no chairs at this show. Yeah, standing room only. And by standing room only, we mean, like, the fans are at the ring apron. <laughs> I love that. That's that's uh, that's how they did it, like, at um, Ice Dumb and at Beyond and stuff like that. I think it's so cool. I had never done a show like that before, where the fans were right there. So it was neat. It was a really interesting experience. Also, the ceiling was maybe, like, six feet from the top rope. Yeah, I know I couldn't go to the top rope because I was thinking about it and I was like, nope, I, I literally cannot do it. My head will go through the ceiling. Uh, from a perspective, Veda Scott is not very tall, but her head when she stood on the top rope was pretty much at the ceiling. Just to give some perspective on just how small this ceiling is. And typically you'd have a pony ring, but in this case we had, I believe it was Chio Frost ring and Chio has a, a nice ring. And it, it felt good um, yeah. from my perspective, but it, it was it was your standard like three footer. And in this room, it doesn't leave a lot of room for error or much else. No, and I will take that any day. Like I know, understand a pony ring kind of like you know get you by, get you into whatever building you need to be in. But like I'm not gonna bump in a pony ring. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> trust. I'm not gonna bump in a regular ring either. But uh, but the chances are higher in a, you know, a regular three footer. Um, so yeah, it was a nice ring. I will always remember when I was in Chikara in like 2004 and 2005 and the ring was literally 
no more than like a foot off the ground. Yeah, that was like a really small pony ring. Yeah, and it it fit into every building that we went to because Redding's ceiling wasn't very high, and I don't think Emmaus had really high ceilings. And then when we would be up here in Pittston, we would use what is now the true wrestling ring. But at that point was a ring owned locally here in Northeast Pennsylvania. But the, in the staircase, we had like 75 foot ceilings and that was okay. <laughs> there was a balcony and <laughs> very different from Reading, which was maybe 12 feet tall. But that was the, the, the tiniest ring I think I've ever worked in was that little Chikara, like one footer. Yeah. WCW had bigger rings than that. They had the three footer. <laughs> what we'll do now is let's present our cards, and we do go in draft order. So, Boar, you are up first. All right. Uh, so my show kicks off, and this is a uh, WCW Clash of Champions airing on a special Sunday night. But to start the event, we get a recap of what just happened on WCW main event. And to close out the main event and lead us into Clash of Champions, we got a stand-up interview with the redacted one, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Out there talking his talk, and uh, he's out there trying to lay out uh, challenges for Rick Rude's international title and trying to talk about being the man and all this other stuff. And, well, out comes Rick Rude himself. And Rick Rude says, if you wanted a shot at the title, all you got to do is ask me, Hogan. I'm man enough. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the biggest. I'm the, I'm the best man here in WCW. He's the ravishing one. He's not going to back down from a challenge from Hulk Hogan. You kidding me? Well, before it can become official, out come the Hollywood Blondes, and they've got a bone to pick with Hulk Hogan because Steve Austin uh, believes that he's the long-lost brother of Hulk Hogan. What? Okay. The Hollywood Blondes. The Hollywood Blondes are here because uh, they were promised a spot on uh, Blunder in Paradise and hope to <laughs> deliver on it, and so they're here to collect. So they start jumping Hulk Hogan. Wow. <laughs> they jump Hulk Hogan and uh they start going to work on him. They attack the knee. And before things can get too bad, Rick Rude decides to intervene and says, Hey, that's enough. Well, that leads us into Clash of Champions. We've got the Hollywood Blondes in the ring and they're issuing a challenge to Ravish and Rick Rude. And Ravish and Rick Rude just said he's the toughest man in all of WCW. He does he doesn't have any friends, so he's gonna hit the ring alone. Oh my god. So we got the Hollywood Blondes going to work in a contest up against Ravish and Rick Rude. Rick Rude's holding his own as best as he can, but the Hollywood Blondes are an unmatched tag team in WCW, multiple-time WCW tag team champions. They start getting the upper hand a little bit. Well, the Hulkster starts getting up. After the leg injury, he's hobbling down, hobbling down to ringside. The fans are going crazy. Hogan hops up on the apron, extends his hand for the tag to Rick Rude. Rick Rude does not tag Hulk Hogan. Rick Rude's going to keep fighting by himself like a man. Eventually, he's going to catch a jawbreaker. He's going to sell back. Hulk Hogan's going to tag himself in. The referee allows it. And uh, Hulk Hogan's in there. He's running wild. Eventually, his trick knee is uh, starting to act up again. So he's going to tag Rude back in. Hogan's going to get uh, some medical attention on the outside because he just can't continue with his knee in the condition that it's in. Rick Rude's doing his best, but the Hollywood Blondes eventually are going to end up hitting the Atomic Blonde 
one, two, three. Rick Rude goes down to the Hollywood Blondes. Hollywood Blondes, they're happy. They're getting out of here. Ravishing Rick Rude's going to ask Hogan, hey, what was that all about? You know, I had things under control. You tag yourself in. I think I'm getting a rest. You, you get me back in the ring. I'm the legal man. I get beat up by the Blondes thinking you're going to help me out. I kind of trusted you. I didn't need your help anyways. You want a shot at the title? We can do this tonight. Oh, shit. Wow. So Nick Bockwinkle comes out. Nick Bockwinkle makes it official. We're going to have a contest later tonight for the WCW International title. Hulk Hogan weaseling his way into a title match against Ravishing Rick Rude, the champion. So that is our unofficial official start of the show. Goddamn. That's a hot start. It is. That is. We're, uh, we're, we're burning towns here. Speaking of hot starts, our next contest is going to be a special tag team attraction as the Harlem Heat with Sister Sherry are going to take on Stars and Stripes of Marcus Bagwell and the Patriot accompanied by the Z-Man Tom Zink. Sensational Sherry, excuse me, Sister Sherry has a reputation of inter- interfering in matches. Maybe, uh, you know, doesn't mind getting her hands dirty, helping out the Harlem Heat. Well, Tom Zink, being the gorgeous man that he is, is here to negate that. <laughs> here to occupy sensuous, sensational Sister Sherry. While well, Stars and Stripes are going to put up their best effort, Tom Zink is going to do his best to uh, keep Sherry from interfering. But Sherry is actually going to start to seduce the Z-Man. You Uh-oh. think she's going to get down on her knees? Like we've seen at Royal Rumble 91. Oh, God. The Z-Man's going to fall victim for it. Bam, the Z-Man's going to get uh, hit below the belt. The Z-Man's taken out of here. Sherry's going to interfere. And the Harlem Heat are going to steal a victory thanks to the interference and the uh, sensuous ways of Sister Sherry. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Sherry was never going to give the Z-Man head. I mean, that was was not going to happen. I mean, she had standards. (laughs) <laughs> well, she uh, she made him believe for a second, and uh, he's like, "Oh fuck, well, this, this is definitely not the right place for this." But I'm fucking ready to go. Oh, I just got hit in the, in the balls. What the fuck is the matter with me? Z Man is always ready for action. <laughs> Next up, we have another special contest. We've got a loser leaves WCW matchup <laughs> as Johnny B. Bad is going to take on the Honky Tonk Man. Well, the Honky Tonk Man is going to get to singing, he's going to get to dancing, he's going to be talking about being the best WCW television champion of all time. If that's even recognized here, what do people even know? What's he talking about? People don't even know what the Honky Tonk Man's talking about. But uh, the Honky Tonk Man's going to turn around as soon as the bell rings. Johnny Bad's not going to waste any time. He's not getting paid by the hour. He's going to hit the kiss that don't miss. Boom. The Honky Tonk Man is knocked out. Easy as one, two, three. John B. Bad is your winner. Out comes uh, Commissioner Nick Bockwinkle, and he's going to send the pink slip in hand to Eric Bischoff, whose job it is to go down to the ring and fire the honky-tonk man. The honky-tonk man is out of here. Eric Bischoff gets to relive his dream over and over again of firing the honky-tonk man, this time live and in living color. Our next contest is a more traditional WCW style. If you like your wrestling, well, this is the contest for you for the night. As Ahn Anderson is going to take on Big Barry Windham. Oh. That's right. This is a traditional WCW down south wrestling matchup. 
They're going to put in some time. They're going to do some good work. But then Forster's going to pick up the win here on old Big Barry. Good, clean contest. Uh, Hard-fought victory for the Enforcer. Uh, but I forgot to mention, before we got to that contest, we had uh, a little promo by Colonel Robert Parker. And Colonel Robert Parker said that he has a uh, big surprise lined up for the evening. So next up, following the contest of uh, Arn Anderson and Barry Windham, we've got Bunkhouse Buck and the Gambler. What? <laughs> the stud stable is in tag team action with Colonel Robert Parker as they take on Brad and Brian Armstrong, accompanied by the other two Jobber Armstrong brothers. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'm going to see where this keeps going. <laughs> well, you'd think the Armstrong brothers, as being brothers, are going to have the upper hand in this one, but... Just something's missing. The Armstrongs, they're, they're a step off. Uh, they're not in sync. They're not in unison. And the, the brothers are wondering if they sent the wrong pair of brothers into the ring, if they should have sent Steve and Scott instead of Brian and and uh, Brad. You know, Bunkhouse Buck is, is really giving them a hard time. Well, you know, young young Brian is in there, and uh, he just he just can't. He can't make the tag. And so Brad said, you know what? I've had enough of the Armstrong curse. I've had enough of my stupid baby brother, had enough of my other terrible brothers, and he's going to leave. He's going to get out of here. He's going to leave his own flesh and blood high and dry. Brad Armstrong is hitting the bricks. Steve and Scott are wondering what's going on. They're trying to chase him down, talk to him, leaving Brian all by himself. Bunkhouse Buck and the gambler going to pick up the scraps, going to get an easy victory for the stud stable. So the Armstrongs are out of here. We've got Bunkhouse Buck, we've got the Gambler, and we've got Colonel Parker celebrating in the ring. Well, out comes the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh. And the Macho Man heard Colonel Parker talking that talk. He said uh, he said he heard what Colonel Parker had to say, that Colonel Parker had a surprise, and the Macho Man is ready. So the surprise is not the Macho Man taking on Bunkhouse Buck and the Gambler. No, 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 that's not the surprise. Colonel Parker debuts the newest member of the Stud Stable, the one and only Diamond Stud. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, man. You All may right. know him as Razor Ramon, but that's his old slave name. Oh, my God. This is the Diamond Stud, baby. And the Diamond Stud, Scott Hall is back in WCW, and he is with the stud stable. So the That's Macho wonderful. Man is going to take on the, uh, the, the, newly, the newly debuting, or re-debuting Scott Hall, the Diamond Stud. And uh, it's going to be an intense contest. The punches are going to be amazing in this one. Lots of right hands, lots of jabs, lots of, lots of hooks. Eventually the Macho Man is, uh, is going is to be up. The Macho Man's looking to hit the scoop slam. He's looking to go to the top rope. Well... Colonel Parker hops up, distracts the Macho Man. Macho Man's going to hit him with the flying axe handle. Wham, takes care of him. Macho Man is going to slide back into the ring, and uh, he's going he's gonna to eat the uh, whatever we call the razor's edge, but we can't call it the razor's edge. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. We, we can all come up with something. So it was the razor's edge. Okay. So what could we call it like the diamond mine? We can call it the diamond mine. The diamond I, mine. I believe 
on the first go round, it was the diamond death drop. Oh, that is right. Oh, that, that's good. Oh man, yes. first three D. Yes. So it is the diamond death drop, and that's going to pick up the win with the assistance from Colonel Parker and the rest of the stud stable running around outside. Macho Man's out of here. The stud stable is going to celebrate, and they're looking to run WCW. But we're not done tonight because we got our main event, Rick Rude versus Hulk Hogan for the WCW International title. The Hulkster comes out, comes hobbling out. A little bit of a different fan reaction than what we're used to with the Hulkster. Some of the fans don't really appreciate what the Hulkster did earlier. They thought it was a little underhanded. If he was going to be in the match, he needed to be in the match and not tag out for a pussyfoot knee injury. But Terry, Terry's Terry. Terry thinks that he's got the crowd right where he wants him. Out comes Rick Rude, WCW International Champion. The fans respect Rick Rude. The toughness, the grit that he showed earlier in the night, taking on the Hollywood Blondes all by himself. And he would have got the job done if not for uh, an overzealous Glory Hogan, Hulk Hogan. A lot of bad blood here. They're going to have a, a traditional contest, if you will. It looks like your regular Hulk Hogan matchup. Hogan's going to hit the big boot. Hogan's going to hit the leg drop. One, two, Rick Rude's going to kick out. Oh. No. Oh. Hogan's beside himself. Hogan doesn't know what to do. So Hogan's going to try to go for it again. Rick Rude's going to catch the foot. He's going to spin him around. He's going to hit the neck breaker. The Rude Awakening. One, two, three. Rick Rude. Oh. Up clean on the Hulkster. The fans go banana. God as- damn. We have got a newly heel Hulk Hogan, and we've got a conquering babyface, Ravishing Rick Rude. You're a tough man, tough man. You're anti-hero, if you will. You're ruggedly handsome champion, Rick Rude. And that is WCW Clash Champions, according to the boar. Fuck. That was pretty gutsy. Yeah, that was a gutsy little uh, performance there. Got to make it count. Only got one show. That's true. Although if you do win, you do move on to uh, our tournament at the end of the season. But sadly, it's not going to happen because you're going to lose to my card. <laughs> Here we fucking go. Taking place at the uh, the former Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We have, uh, I guess what we would call uh, Slambury 94 Summer because it takes place in August. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Uh, the feeling is that they did not get a chance to properly talk about all of the, uh, the great, uh, legends that they couldn't, that they inducted in May. And so they're, they're here to induct like three or four more. So just, uh, just kind of bear with them. Uh, this is the first segment. So Chris Cruz and, um, who the fuck was he? T- Mike Tanay. Yeah, there we go. Uh, come out and they're like, Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna induct uh, these uh, these other people into the WCW Hall of Fame to, to get it over with because that's the gimmick. Uh, so they decided to induct <laughs> Don Curtis, Hardball Haggerty, uh, Penny Banner, they er, uh, no they did earlier that Red Bastine and uh, Killer Kowalski. I think Killer Kowalski wasn't inducted yet. Oh Tommy Young. So they induct those guys and they're like, oh this is cool. We're doing we're, we're getting ready. And they're like, nah, I nah, get the fuck out of here because never ever show. Um, uh, that was pointless. I didn't need to do that. 
that's like, <laughs> that's no bearing on what I needed to do. I just wanted to like say like Don Curtis. <laughs> okay, so that was the that was the dark. Like nobody saw that. Um, all right, so we actually start the show open, and we are in Pittsburgh, and uh, uh, out comes uh, Lord Stephen Regal with um, Sir William. And, uh, Larry's, Larry the Living Legend Sabisco, who's still a television champion. This is, this is where the Slambury Part 2, you know, comes in. So, tonight they've decided that they are going to, um, that they are, uh, gonna continue their feud, but they're gonna do it by picking each other's opponents, uh, for the night. So, the first, uh, person that's going to be, uh, wrestling tonight is gonna be Lord Steven Regal. He's gonna be going first. And, uh, Larry Zabisco goes, you know, Regal, uh, I always thought that you were, you know, a, a no good, uh, Brit, a no good red coat son of a bitch. So <laughs> I got a guy that you would not take seriously, uh, because you feel like you're, uh, a, ma- a, a bigger person that because of where, where you've grown up, where you lived. So. I may be the living legend, but this man is the legitimate legend. And tonight, right now, you're taking on the Great Muda. Oh. So, William Regal is not happy about the Great Muda. And, uh, Great Muda makes his way out to the ring. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, they, uh, they absolutely is, it's Styles Clash, as you can understand, and, and Regal's in there, and he's doing his best to uh, keep up with uh, Muda. Muda's just too fast for him. And, uh, you know, it's getting him real aggravated. He takes uh, Patter to the outside, and he's just so flipping mad. And the people in Pittsburgh who are all, you know, Larry Landers, and they're 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 happy for this. And Larry Zbysko is on commentary right now with uh, Mike Tanay and uh, Chris Cruz. And uh, he's just burying him. You know, he's just, oh, this guy... You know, he can't even, uh, he can't even find a real butler. He's gotta find these Australian geeks to be his, uh, to hold his umbrella for him. And, you know, Regal comes up to him and he shakes his, his finger at him and he's like, ah, fuck you. Uh, but he gets back into the ring. And, uh, the second he gets back into the ring, he sees that Muda's gonna go for the mess and he powders back out again. And Muda's just kind of sitting there. He's got his, uh, he's doing his little Shawn Michaels, uh, got his feet up on the ropes, you know, kind of, uh, you know, it's waiting for Regal. There's a lot of stalling, you know, between these two. You know, it's kind of like the stalling Olympics. Um, so Regal back, gets back in, takes the heat on uh, to uh, to Muda, you know, grinds him down. Um, eventually, uh, Muda makes his uh, comeback and um, uh, makes his way uh, to the outside of Regal. And they start brawling on the outside. And uh, they make their way near the commentary table. And uh, uh, Muda goes to... Uh, Spray the mist in, uh, spray the mist in, uh, Regal's eyes. Regal ducks, hits Larry right in the face. And oh god, Larry has a match tonight, but he's been blinded. Shit. Oh no. So, um, Muda gets back into the ring, immediately taken, uh, by a butterfly suplex. Regal gets the one, two, three. And, uh, the people of, uh, Pittsburgh are like, oh no, what are we gonna do? So, um, you know, they get medical assistance coming out there, you know, and, uh, they, they, they make his way back. But right before he gets to the curtain, you know, Larry turns around and gives his little salute to say, like, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm just, I'm dealing with this shit. So, uh, on to our second match. 
which is a uh, which is a match where the person who makes the uh, the fall who uh, the person who who makes the pin is actually going to be in line uh, for the uh, U.S. champion, whoever that may be, uh, in the next event because we are not defending the U.S. title here. So Bruce Beefcake and Dick Slater take on Terry Taylor and Joey Maggs. And uh, they have a tag team match. And the whole point is all these guys, they want to be the one to actually get the fall. So you have a lot of partners that are like, hey, man, I, I, I want this. And, you know, it just kind of breaks down at some point. And uh, uh, at, at some point, uh, Dick Slater goes and hits his move on Joey Maggs. I don't know Dick Slater's move. Um, uh, Terry Taylor's already been put to sleep by Brutus with the, with the sleeper hold. So Dick Slater hits his move on Joey Maggs and Brutus grabs Dick Slater. He throws him out of the ring. And he steals the pin. And Brutus Beefcake is now your number one contender for the United States Championship. Up next, we have a special attraction match. Uh, the, the first, uh, the first ever put your money where your mouth is match between the Guardian Angel and DDP. So you see, okay. Diamond Dallas Page is a degenerate gambler. <laughs> he's been pushing all of his terrible gambling ways onto the kids. <laughs> wow. Fucking Angel's like, no, you're not going to do that. And DDP's like, fuck you. So in this match, if Diamond Dallas Page loses, he has to give all of his money to the Volunteers of America. <laughs> so he would be fucking broke. And uh Guardian Angel DDP come out and DDP's got his his girls with him, you know, all of his all of his uh flunkies that he didn't have in ninety four. But he's like, Oh yeah, I'm a hot shot gambler, you know. I'm uh I'm a badass and the uh the Guardian Angel comes out and he's like you know, these kids see you and you're, you're a bad influence, Dallas. And DDP's like, oh yeah? And he goes against him with a diamond cutter. But, uh, uh, Guard Angel kicks out at one. He's like, oh fuck. So, the, the, the Guard Angel comes and he, he starts laying a whooping on Diamond Dallas Page only three minutes in to hit the, the boss man Guardian Angel slam on him. One, two, three. Diamond Dallas Page now. Is broke as a joke. All of his millions of dollars have now been officially donated to the Volunteers of America. Oh, the, no. <laughs> yeah. as, as this is this is this is what they call a, a hero's journey because now he'll learn to appreciate the value of money and what it's like and to become a champion for the people. So this is where it all starts. Uh, next match is a tag team match with Evad Sullivan and Max Payne. Uh, taking on Tex Slazinger and Shanghai Pierce. Is Shanghai Pierce name problematic now? I mean, like, like just the name Shanghai, like it, it's assumed China. So, like, but he's just a dude in a mask. Um, I mean, uh, it's a it's a city in China. So, yeah, but if he was like fucking, if he was fucking like Osaka Pierce, or if he was fucking like, <laughs> if he was fucking like uh, Cairo Pierce, like that's different. I don't know. You might have to become like Houston Pierce or something. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So in this match, they officially become the Godwins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're actually these guys from uh, Arkansas. 
and we like pigs. And uh, Evad's like, <laughs> I don't care. And Mac Payne's like, I'm gonna hit you with guitar over and over. Well, once because that's that's all we got in the budget. So uh, they have a tag team match, and the Godwins lose to Evad Sullivan and Mac Payne via a uh, uh, Doomsday Device. So uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay, hold on, hold on, time out. Okay. Press conference. <laughs> Which Godwin is getting on whose God- on whose shoulders? Okay, so Henry Godwin is on Evad's shoulders, and Max Payne comes off the top rope. And if you recall, Henry Godwin broke his neck like three years later to the Doomsday Device. Uh, so this is what eternally has him a little gun shy on this move. So. He, uh, he takes this move and he's, he gets beaten by, uh, Max Payne and he can't live with himself anymore and they disappear to WWF. So, the next match. I <laughs> skipped right over that match. Um, next match is, um, you know, kind of like your comeback from intermission match. It is the Ice Train taking on Terra Rising. Oh! So, Terra Rising. <laughs> yeah. So, Ice Stream comes out with his bomb ass theme song. Choo choo. <laughs> Terrorize is already in the ring, and you can tell just that, uh, uh, young Terra is, uh, not gonna have a bad day. Because Ice Train, man, like, you ever seen that episode of Rick and Morty where they, they're the, they're the, the, um, they're the fucking guys, and the one guy's like a human train? Like, uh, so that's kinda like Ice Train right now. He's just like, Fucking killing it. And I, I'm just saying words. I'm not saying really anything. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, terrorizing, you're fucking, you're, you're going to job out to me. And he's like, okay, because this is like my, I'm, I'm still terrorizing. And uh, he beats him in three minutes with uh, the ice train's move. Um, I, I hope it's like he put him on ice or an ice pick. <laughs> you, you, you just got iced. He just got iced, and it's him going choo choo, and he like hits him like, and, and it's like the pounce. So, okay, so here we go. Uh, so ice trains over in that in fifteen minutes. Um, <laughs> you just said three minutes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's the next. Never mind. <laughs> next match is uh, is. Uh, we, uh, Steve Rube comes out with Sir William, and uh, he's talking about how he survived uh, the man from the Orient, and he is now uh, he, he is now called upon somebody who he would see as uh, the most regal uh, person uh, that is uh, that could take on Larry Zbysko and possibly beat him for his television championship. In the name of William Regal. And so, uh, Larry Zbysko meanders his way out and he's, uh, he's, st- he's still got a little green on his, on his eyes and he can, you know, he's, he's blinking a lot and he's like, oh man, this, this sucks. You know, he's like, but uh, he's like, who do you got, Regal? And out walks Tully Blanchard. And, uh, I don't know if these guys ever had, uh, ever squared off in the 80s. I feel like Tully was gone when Zbysko came in. But, uh, Steve Regal joins the commentary desk for this, uh, for this situation, you know, Sabisco and Blanchard have themselves, I guess, I, I, uh, to relate back to what Boar said, an old school wrestling match, you know, 
Uh, Zabisco also big staller, but I mean he's got a reason to stall now because he <laughs> his eyes still he's got poison in his eyes. So um, uh, Tully is pulling out all the stops, you know, just every possible thing that he could do to cheat. He's doing. He's uh, little guys on uh, FTR watching and going, you know, one day you're gonna be a nice man to me and. Um, <laughs> Oh, is that is that what they said? Yeah, they they're already making the crop top T-shirts. So, um, <laughs> uh, they make their way to the outside, and Tully is just, you know, he's he's giving them pile drivers on the uh, the on the uh, the apron. <laughs> well, that's the point. Um, uh, he's giving them pile drivers to the outside, and you know, Larry doesn't think he's gonna be able to make it, you know, but he, uh, but uh, Tully breaks the count and comes back out. And uh Sir William races around to the other side of the ring and he's distracting uh Nick Patrick and uh this is enough for uh to Tully Blanchard to grab a chair and uh, he's gonna whack Larry Zabisco with it. Uh, but they're close to the commentary desks and Larry ducks and Tully smashes William Regal right in the fucking face and Regal's out and uh Tully's like, Oh my god So then um he, uh, Larry throws him back in the ring, and he does some punches, and then he hits a Northern Lights suplex, and Larry Zabisco still your television champion, and and Steve Regal's a bloody mess, and Tully Blanchard beelines out to his taxi to get out of Dodge because just <laughs> gave Steve Regal a concussion. I thought you were gonna say because he actually drives the taxi now. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, okay, so. Our semi-main event, number one contendership for Hulk Hogan's uh, WCW Championship. We have Vader taking on the Avalanche, and it's a big guy match. And, uh, yeah, Vader wins. <laughs> like, I mean, Vader's much better quick. <laughs> like, you know, er, you know, like, Earthquake tries to do, like, the, the fucking sit-on-you fucking slam, the fucking... The, he, he does bum 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 around the ring, you know, because he's an earthquake. Uh, and then he hits the one rope, another rope, and Vader's already his feet, and he gives him that awesome fucking like uh, that body blow that he used to give the guys. Where he's <laughs> his arms up, like ah, eat my fucking chest. And so then he drags Avalanche over to the corner and gives him thirteen Vader bombs, and he beats him. <laughs> thirteen. <laughs> well, he's a big guy. Come on, Harley Race is like another one. Arrgh! You know, and Curtis Ike is like, no, because, uh, you know, that, that's just doom. So, yeah, Vader wins. So the main event here uh, is a rematch from that Slambury in May. It's Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan's tag team champions versus the Nasty Boys in WCW's first ever ladder match because it's post uh, WrestleMania 10. So now ladder matches are cool to do. Uh, in this match, we got four big fuckers. And uh, this is not one of the, this is not like a TLC match. This is like a lot. This is like if Sean and Razor had two other guys. And, um, you know, there's there's not exactly tags back and forth, but, you know, there's, you know, there, there's absolutely some brawling on the outside. You know, Brian Nobbs and Cactus Jack are going absolutely batshit insane. Uh, Kevin Sullivan, who's starting to get eviler by the day, is um, 
you know, has, has no problem going up to the, uh, going up the ladder because he's a smaller guy. Now this all comes from the fact that Cactus spit on the titles on a, on a, a rival show. And so the WCW brass is like, Hey, that was fucked up. So, uh, go and you're, you're going to defend this in a, uh, a tag team ladder match. And he's like, Oh, damn, that sucks. So this whole match goes back and forth until finally we got Sags climbing, Cactus climbing, Kevin Sullivan comes up and he gives Cactus the old dick punch and Cactus falls to his death off the ladder and Kevin Sullivan's pissed off at him and he's already starting to, you know, become evil and Kevin Sullivan abandons him and uh, the Nasty Boys... Uh, re- re- uh, regain the tag team titles. Evette Sullivan comes out and, de- and uh, Kevin punches him in the face. He's like, you're not my real brother. And that's the, the start of the Dungeon of Doom. And uh, we go off the air and uh, we find out via fax the next day that Cactus Jack's been let go by WCW. Wow. Yeah. They're pretty pissed. On, on brand. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. So that, that was quite the card. Yeah. There, there's a lot of ups and downs. At one point, I had Muda, and I'm like, damn, God, am I about to have a triangle match with fucking Ice Train and Terror Rising and DDP? Like, that sucks. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm like, first Muda, motherfucker. So, I guess it's my turn then. And this is a Clash of the Champions being held in Miami, Florida, hosted nice. by Gordon Soley and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Is Bobby wearing a Hawaiian shirt? Do pimps carry razor blades? so your opening contest is a number one contendership match for the wcw united states championship the winner of this match will face ricky steamboat later tonight for the title one-on-one two cold scorpio takes on owen hart oh damn okay and this is exactly what you'd expect two cold using his high-flying advantage uh, Owen could really do anything, so he's able to keep up with Too Cold. In the end, uh, Too Cold goes for the tumbleweed, misses, and Owen puts him right to the sharpshooter. Twelve minutes in, Owen Hart advances to later on in the evening to face Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the U.S. title. There needs to have been a Flash Funk Owen Hart match somewhere, right? I'm sure there is somewhere. Hold on. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna quickly Google this while Matt continues on. So, we got a long way to go before we get to Owen and, and Steamboat. So, we are going to now bring it back from commercial as beautiful Bobby Eaton takes on Dust Wonderkind, Alex Wright. And this is just a short six minute match where Bobby Eaton goes over with the Alabama Jam. Uh, yes, it happened on a random Raw in 1997. Okay, I bet it was really good, too. Uh, looks like it was 11 minutes long, so they probably got a little bit of time. Yes. Not nearly as much time as that is our third contest, as Ming takes on Keith and Kent Cole. <laughs> <laughs> so, this entire segment lasts four minutes. As it 90- should. As it should. 90 seconds of that is Ming just destroying the Cole twins and pinning them both at the same time. Wonderful. Just stacking them up and pinning them. So he just continues to beat on them because Ming cannot be stopped. This draws out Eric Watts to try to to try to um help the Cole twins out 
and they do the balsa wood chair spot. Oh, God. Where Eric Watts comes in with the chair, breaks it over Ming's head, and Ming's like, fuck that, that didn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and Eric Watts is like, well, shit, that's not good. And he just, he, he just cowers in fear as we go to commercial break. He cowers in fear! <laughs> He, he is not living up to the Watts name very well. So we bring it to match number four. And this is a grudge match between Terry Funk and Sting. Oh, shit. So Terry Funk is unpredictable, as he always has been. Sting gets the advantage early, using his power, does the press slam a couple times. Think like Sting Flair 88 from the first clash. Uh, just put Terry Funk in that spot. Funk goes out. Uh Sting follows him out. Funk gets the advantage on the floor, doing it the Terry Funk way. Rolls him back in, and he is just on Sting, and on him, and on him, and on him. Uh, Funk goes for his uh, swinging neckbreaker, which Sting counters into a backslide for the one, two, three. That's great. Oh, I love it. Love it. Sting is like, I'm fucking out of here. And he uh, he bails, because... <laughs> He has taken a beating from Terry Funk, and he just knows better. Yeah. So it's time to bring things down a little bit. And currently in the ring is the team of Hiroshi Hase and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be taking on Pretty Wonderful. Oh, God. What a waste. So this match goes eight minutes. Uh, Hase and Duggan don't work together very well because Hiroshi Hase <laughs> is Hiroshi Hase. And Jim Duggan started a USA chant at WrestleMania 6 in Toronto. So, <laughs> so that tells you everything you need to know about Jim Duggan. Pretty wonderful goes up um, as Duggan tries to uh, suplex Paul Roma in the hard way. Paul Orndorff pulls the feet, holds them. They do the Rude Warrior finish from WrestleMania 5. One, two, three, pin on Duggan. Pretty wonderful is your winner. Uh, what you don't know is actually Jim Duggan is totally fluent in Japanese. So that's not the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Our sixth contest of the evening is kind of a spotlight match for Von Simmons. As he takes on the blacktop bully, this is exactly what you'd expect. It is Ron Simmons getting the upper hand, the bully cheating, uh, really having no real defined move set to speak of other than choking Ron Simmons in the ropes <laughs> and kind of punching him in the corner and then raking his face on the ropes and then kind of punching him in the corner again. But Ron Simmons uh, gets the big comeback and hits the power slam for the one, two, three on the blacktop bully. All right. All right. We'll feel good. Absolutely. <laughs> We bring it to our semi-main event. Before we do, we go backstage uh, for some pre-recorded comments from Dustin and Dusty Rhodes. So Dusty talks about his history with Flair and says that tonight, the next generation of Rhodes will take the World Heavyweight title from Ric Flair in the main event. <gasps> oh, no. So that's right. Coming up after our next contest, Ric Flair and Dustin for the title. Oh, man, that's mm. awesome. 94 Dustin is a great Dustin, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. But first, we have Owen Hart challenging Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the WCW United States title. And this is just good. 
I could I could try to call this match to you guys here on the on the podcast and to the listeners, but I don't think I can do it justice. Because it's ninety four, it's like height of powers Owen Hart against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who is on his way down, uh, but still feuding for the U.S. title, still holding and feuding for the U.S. title. He's no and, slouch. No. And Steamboat gets the one with the crossbody in 15 minutes. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's a Blue Blazer versus Ricky Steamboat match. And there's, there's definitely Ricky Steamboat Bret Hart matches. I bet those are really good. People also ask on Google, was Ricky Steamboat good? Um, <laughs> I mean... Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a dumb question. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, so, it is main event time. Dustin Rhodes makes his way to the ring with his father in his corner to challenge the Nature Boy Ric Flair for the WCW World Heavyweight title. I was very close to asking to see if I could trade, trade Dustin with Dusty because I had... uh because I had uh, Bunkhouse Buck at the time. Uh, now I'm glad I didn't, because this match sounds great. Yes. So, Dustin, he's like five years in, but he's still kind of young to the business. And it shows, because he's in there with the dirtiest player in the game. So, the way it goes down, Flair gets the figure four. Dustin will not give it up. Uh, this is after about the standard six to seven minutes of leg work. Uh, Dustin finds a way to power through. Dustin starts getting falsy after falsy. In his frustration, he tosses the ref. Like, just out of the way, but it, yeah. he throws him out of the ring. Oh, no. Dustin's still a house of fire. Hits Flair with the bulldog. Second ref rolls in, counts to three. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Declares Dustin the winner and new world heavyweight champion until the first ref comes to and rules that the match is for Ric Flair by disqualification. Oh, God damn. Shouldn't have thrown him over the top. So Ric Flair, still your world heavyweight champion. Dustin is just defeated and distraught in the ring. He let his young temper get the best of him. And the show goes off the air with Ric Flair in the aisleway holding up the world heavyweight title. And we fade to black. A victim of his father's own finish. I was going to say, Dusty's there somewhere gone. You know, it's a little familiar. <laughs> I feel like I've been here before. Let's just say this booking was not by accident. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, Boar. Uh... The parlay bet, who used the guy better? Eric Watts getting nothing and doing the balsa wood spot against Ming. Or Ed Sullivan picking up the win against Henry Godwin after hitting, well, he was the animal in the Doomsday Device. I'm partial. I think Eric Watts hitting Ming with the chair and cowering in fear is the perfect utilization of Eric Watts in 1994. Yes. I owe you a, like three s'mores. <laughs> I, I I think we're good here. Um, yeah, I, 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 pre I appreciate the victory. Boar, what do you have to plug? 
well, you mentioned my buddies over on the Soon to Be Named Network with Final Wrestling Place. Uh, it's an excellent podcast to listen to, and another podcast that they do is the Viewer's Choice Podcast, and that one is over on the North South Connection podcast feed, um, where they, uh, especially Tim, like to um, look at pay per views as soon as they happen, instant reaction style. And let everybody know what was a pass and what was a must-watch. And kind of go uh, in a breakdown format throughout the whole pay-per-view. Those are shorter. Those are run about 30 to 45 minutes. And so it's a great listen uh, Monday morning or even Sunday whenever the pay-per-view is. They come out like pretty much right away uh, in the hours afterwards. So. Uh, that's it to plug right now. Um, I will have some more stuff coming up. The IWTV uh, 100 show. I will not formally be on that, but I will be on something involving that. So uh, that announcement will come out pretty soon. And other than that, uh, I think support the LVAC and the Let's Hang Out and Real Rumble shows. And then uh, other than that, let's go Yankees. And, uh, that's it. Now, to contrast that, I am formally on the IWTV 100 show. Oh, good. Being August 8th in Williamstown, New Jersey at the H2O School. Prior to that, as of this airing, this Sunday afternoon, I'll be making my, my debut at the Sanctuary Stunt Studio in Hazelton, Pennsylvania. Lots of cool stuff going on there. Uh, July 3rd, I make my return to the live demonstrations at Excite Wrestling in Johnson City, New York at the X Exhibition Hall. That is in the Oakdale Mall, right off of um, Interstate 86 slash New York Highway 17. And then July 31st, I'll be at True Wrestling in Berwick, Pennsylvania, the return of True Wrestling. Unfortunately, uh, things did not work out between True Wrestling and the now former champion Trajan Horn. So that night, a new True Wrestling champion will be crowned. I was going to say, I don't have anything coming up. <laughs> I, got no- I got nothing except watching to see if uh, the Sixers lose on Friday. <laughs> um, God damn it! <laughs> Fucking so annoying. Other podcasts on CKCC Radio, um, I do have By the Numbers. You heard a mini-episode here tonight. Next week, uh, By the Numbers, we'll have the Chop Saw Outlaw, Bo Nicole. Oh, the bad man Bo. Everyone's favorite wrestler. Bor, if you have not met Bo Nakoda yet, or re- you would have such a good match with Bo Nakoda. Oh, man. That'd be really good. That'd be a first. Bo will be talking about his days in WXWC4 and his days as the GSW heavyweight champion and half of the tag champs with Shane Storm when they were Bo Storm. Lots of stuff to talk about. He's actually half of the true tag, the true wrestling tag team champions right now with Bull Hightower. Oh, yes. Oh, got it. They, they're, I like their name and I forget it at the moment. Shit. They're the Titan Outlaws. Titan Outlaws, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. So. That's here on CKCC Radio. Also, a lot of different shows. Way too many for us to mention. You can check them out at CKCCRadio.com. I know that we do have the Nerd Table and the Stupid Sexy Podcast and the Park Hopper Podcast and Breaking Tracks and Motivational Moves. And there are so many others that I cannot think of right now. Special shout-out to our friends on the soon-to-be-named network. Um, previously mentioned 
Final Wrestling Place currently doing their stable season. In conjunction with this episode today, they also came out with their episode today. Uh, I believe the Natural Born Thrillers and the no the Millionaires Club and um, the New Blood mm-hmm. are are being discussed. Uh, last week's was the Dungeon of Doom. I didn't realize that there were that many members of the Dungeon of Doom. Oh man, the Yeti, the Leprechaun. <laughs> I did not know that Vader was in the Dungeon of Doom, so so that was new to me. Um, also, um, At Odds with Wrestling, Longbox Heroes, We Need Wrestling, all on the soon-to-be-named network, Wings on Wings, like Decker was talking about earlier, the None Other Sports Podcast with Jason and David, they are bi-weekly, they should have a new episode today as well, so you have a lot to listen to today. The Hooligans of Hops with uh, current Season 2 winner Irish Kev, and Rick, where they discuss beers that they drink and other assorted stuff. I'm sure Kev yells about the Bruins a whole bunch in the latest episode. I know I yelled a bunch about the Bruins in my house. While I was going to say, I'm surprised we don't get a, a Slackers concert um, recap recap episode. <laughs> oh, really? well, Rick was not there. No, Rick right? was there. Rick was oh, there. Oh, I must have missed him. But he was there with a whole bunch of other people. So oh, okay. So off doing one thing. Best part of the Slackers concert was when AJ Evers was trying to convince Kev that the casino had no alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. No, no, no. And then the Bruins lost then, too. <laughs> it, it, it was not a good week for the Bruins playing the Islanders. We'll just say that. So two weeks from today here on the A-Show. Joey Image will be here. I can't wait. Can't wait. Um, And he is part of our season two roster, along with Kevin the Man Graham, uh, with Ed from Pod Van Dam, and David Kincannon, uh, the Jingle Meister himself. Thank you again for our new theme song. And Um, and there'll be some others. uh, No, you're doing Kevin Graham for By the Numbers, right? No, Kevin did by the numbers when it was on Podcast of Pennsylvania. Right, 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 right. Oh, man. Yeah, there was a whole list. We went down. We went down it driving home. We're like, oh, we should blah, 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 blah. Uh, M- Mike Skyros, I believe. Yes. Mike Skyros would be another good match for the boar. Oh, that would be fun. If be you good. are listening, promoters, Mike Skyros and Bo Nakoda would Welcome, be good Michelle. opponents. And Clay Drasher, too. Yeah, let's not forget Clay. Um, I, I'd imagine Deppin would have a real good match with the boar. Oh, I gotta actually wrestle then. No, don't put me oh, on the actual wrestlers. <laughs> I was gonna say there was there was no interaction uh, when he was a member fist with uh with you, boar. No, no, paths never crossed. Damn, I bet no. that would have been pretty good. I was professionally jealous that Deppin got that spot in fist because before I joined Shakar. My only goal was to be a member of Fist. Are you serious? I, I'm serious. Like, Damn, I didn't know yeah. much about Shakara. I knew that there was Claudio, and I knew there were some ants, and I knew there was Fist, and I thought Fist was awesome, and that's the spot I wanted to be in. Oh, lots of good people have been in Fist. Yes, that's why I wanted to be in there. <laughs> Get the rub. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Icarus. Uh, <laughs> I, I kid, I kid. Um, <laughs> uh, which reminds me, uh, there was a passing today. Uh, I didn't know the gentleman, uh, John Barber. Um, oh, yes. 
did if you wanted to say a few words real quick. Yeah, Barbara was a character among characters, um, and like maybe people wouldn't have thought that necessarily because he wasn't a performer per se, he wasn't a wrestler, um, but backstage, Barbara was one of the biggest characters um, I think to ever come through Shakara. Uh, one of the biggest characters I think I've ever ever had the privilege of meeting. A uh, quiet personality, but uh, very talkative. If you got a chance to strike up a conversation with him, absolutely loved his wrestling. Um, like, there's people that like wrestling. There's people that say they love wrestling, but like Barber could talk wrestling twenty four seven and not really get sick of it. And uh, he was just like an enigma of a guy sometimes you wouldn't even know how he would end up somewhere because I don't think he drove. Um, but like he would just find a way I, I tweeted out earlier. Uh, we had a, a long shot out in Milwaukee and I mean, it took us, you know, pretty much a whole day to like get out there. And we thought we were getting there early before everybody else. And we get to the venue and Barbara's there uh, shirtless because it's summertime uh, he's shirtless and he's eating ice cream out of the carton, like a full gallon carton. And, nice. Uh, he's eating it with a fork. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and it's like, Barbara, how did you end up here? And he didn't really have an answer. You just, he's, he's there. He would just show up at places and, um, <laughs> you weren't really sure how he got there. Um, but yeah, the sweetheart of a dude and, uh, he'll certainly be missed. And, um, you know, prayers and thoughts and condolences to his family and uh, other friends. I did not. I, I was gone from Chikara before Barber arrived. So I did not have the opportunity to work with him. I'm sure he was at shows during my time in Chikara, uh, like that 04 to 07 time when I was there. But he was not involved in the company at that point because we had myself and Bryce and uh, Derek Sabato refing. At that point. So, and John was younger than me. Uh, he, so he may not have even, because when I was in Chikara, I was like 23. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Because I, th- I read, I read about, I didn't know him, um, but I read that he was in his 20s, I believe, right? No, he was 34. 34. Oh, he's 34. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry to hear that he, he did pass. And I know there are a lot of people who got to work with him over the years. Um, so my condolences go out to his family and everyone affected by his loss. It, it sucks. Like, what can you say when someone's that young? Right. Right. Well, that was, uh, that, that's a very sad way to, uh, to end it. But, uh, yeah, uh, I believe we're done here today. Uh, you can go on and uh, to Twitter and uh, vote who you thought had the best card of all the three of us. The the, the two Clash of the Champions or uh, Slambery 2, uh, Slambery Summer 94. Is that like and WrestleMania Backlash? <laughs> <laughs> it's more like WrestleMania 18 and a half. Well, no, this isn't Great Balls of Maven. Soon. Bore, thank you for being a part yes, of Yes, thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me on. It was a blast. And, um, you know, whether I advance or not, it was a dream come true to be able to talk uh, 1994 WCW with you guys and uh, put a card together. And I thoroughly enjoyed myself. And I hope everybody else enjoyed themselves listening and uh, vote with your hearts and your heads. With that said, 
until two weeks from now. Uh, my name is Matt. And I'm Chris. And we are out of here. We'll see ya. And my gain isn't bad this time. <laughs> Yay.